My name is Eddie Cohn, and welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. First episode of 2019. Really, really excited for the um, incredibly positive, overwhelmingly positive response I've gotten over the last few months about the podcast. And it's enough that it's made me want to keep recording them and producing them and keep the conversations going. Again, um, if you're digging the show, please spread the word, write a review on iTunes. Um, whether you're listening on iTunes, the Android store, Spotify, any comments always help get people more aware of the show. I'm really excited about the guests that I have lined up, the first five or six guests I have lined up. Uh, it's a packed, packed show starting out this year. I've got Eric Sharp, a DJ in Los Angeles, Bruce Watson, guitar player from the band Foreigner, um, Mark McCallhay, um, trainer over at Training Mate, which is a um, a hit studio that I've just become obsessed with over the last five, six months. Aaron Bird, DJ over at KCRW. Um, I know there's some others. Oh, yeah, Logan Cahoon. Um, I might be ruining the last name, but he is the owner of Meathead Barbecue um, in Los Angeles. And incredible food. Uh, he, he's a yoga teacher as well. So um, just really some amazing guests lined up for the show. So I'm really, really excited about it. Um, but I did want to start off the year by doing a pretty quick podcast, just sort of talking about some things that are on my mind and um, some issues that I see coming, uh, basically some issues that I see are really affecting our culture, and why, which is why I sort of started the podcast and, and wrote this book um, that I officially actually finished the last week of last year, 2018. I do know that there's going to be some other, obviously, drafts. I sent the book out to uh, 10 friends to get their honest opinion about what's what's good, what's bad, what needs work, because, you know, if, if any of you are artists out there, which I'm sure some of you are, you get so close to the project that you're working on that you really lose all objectivity whatsoever. So um, I felt before I start looking for publishers, looking for an agent. I wanted to give the book out to 10 uh, close friends, uh, a couple family members, just to let me know what's what's good, what's bad, and what's terrible, um, what needs work. And it's actually been really um, interesting. I, I do want to briefly talk about this, and then I want to talk about this podcast that I've started listening to. So I started the podcast because I deal with my own, um, I have my own issues with Instagram and, and social media and, and, it, and how it interrupts my, my attention span or my brain or my ability to, to, to create. Um, because if you're not careful, you're going to end up spending 30 minutes, an hour, two hours staring at your phone. And even, even today, I, I opened up Instagram and I saw this account make a comment about yoga. And then, you know, then I click on this and then I click on that. And you end up spending, you know, this, I ended up spending like 10 minutes going down this vortex or this rabbit hole of useless information. And I, I realized, um, again, that it it is this world of it's like a battle zone. And if you're not careful, you get affected by it and you lose your train of thought and you lose your focus and you lose your discipline and you 
forget what you woke up to do that day. And if you, so I was so proud of myself for finishing this book um, a, a year ago. And again, I'm saying finishing, but I realize I'm still going to have a little bit of work to do. But it did require a lot of discipline to turn off my phone, not be affected by the onslaught of useless information that's happening on Instagram. And I know it's a big statement to say useless information, but what's what's become so impactful about Instagram, and there's lots of layers here. I'm going to start off by reading actually a quote from the New York Magazine this last week about um, the internet and Instagram. What's gone from the internet, after all, isn't truth, but trust. And truth is in quotation, so obviously truth is gone as well. But trust, the sense that the people and things we encounter are what they represent themselves to be. Years of metrics-driven growth, lucrative manipulative systems, and unregulated platform marketplaces have created an environment where it makes more sense to be fake online, to be disingenuous and cynical, to lie and cheat, to misrepresent and distort than it does to be real. Fixing that would require cultural and political reform in Silicon Valley and around the world, but it's our only choice. Otherwise, we're all going to end up on the bot internet of fake people, fake clicks, fake sites, and fake computers. That's that's it. Instagram is completely fake. And your brain, unfortunately, can't the way it's receiving the information is as if it's real. So that's why people are getting more depressed now than ever before because you turn on Instagram and all you're doing is looking at pretty pictures all day. Or people are arguing with each other on Instagram and they're arguing in a way that is creating more provocative behavior, more negativity, because it's easier in this weird sort of way, but it's also disturbing to the brain to argue on a social media platform. You know, when people argue face-to-face, you're, you're in it together. You're, it's just the two of you. You are seeing the facial expressions. You are seeing the body language. You're kind of hopefully listening to each other. But when somebody comments in a negative way to a post or something going on on Instagram, then other people can look at that comment and jump on board and gang up on you. And then it's a group of people that are disagreeing with you. And then you have like uh, five minutes or 10 minutes to wait and digest and figure out what you have to say. And then you post something and then the whole world can see it. And it becomes like this sort of gangbang of sorts of, of arguing on online. And my point is, I have a lot of points, and it's going to be challenging to say them all. But so this world is going on right now on Instagram of fake, of fake arguments, uh, getting in the way of your productivity and creativity. And I want to use it more in the sense that I want to promote my podcast and my book, and I want to sort of promote my brand and what whatever that means. But I also don't want to perpetuate this this platform that I do know for a fact is ruining the way we think, the way we communicate with each other. Um, It's trickling over into our real lives. We don't know how to argue anymore. 
Not that we should be arguing with each other, but it is a natural thing to not agree with people sometimes. But by doing it on a social media platform, that is not that is creating an environment of a group of people getting involved in something that they don't really know anything about. It's creating an environment where people don't know how to argue or disagree in a calm, normal way. And I'm bringing this up, and this goes back to my book, because I did get a couple responses already about my book from two friends. One of them, you know, without getting into too much detail, thinks it's completely hilarious and hysterical. My other friend was really offended by it, and um, which which I can understand. And I again, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable talking about what it's about yet because um, it's still very personal and private. So I was really so we ended up getting on the phone and we talked for a while about you know what was offensive, and she even mentioned that you know some of my posts on Instagram, these sarcastic quotes that I say. Um, are offensive and vitriolic and negative. And, and it's confusing because some of my friends think that they're hysterical. And, and this brings up an important point, though. I can't make everybody happy all the time, number one. Number two, and this is really hard for me to think about and grab, um, wrap my mind around, but Instagram and the like feature where you can only like things and because of our obsession with brands now, and how we're all quote unquote brands, we are we are losing humanity. Like human beings don't and the full spectrum of feelings that we all have, it's getting lost. Unless you're positive or you like everything or you look good all the time, then we don't then then everything else of the human character or mind or body doesn't exist because of Instagram, because of this platform of only likes and how we're only using it to create a perfect brand or a perfect image. And so let me connect that with my conversation with my friend, uh, Jen. So she was really offended by the book, and we. but this is the thing. We ended up having an hour to an hour and a half conversation about my book, about what's wrong with um, our culture, and we had an we had a disagreement, but we also had clarity and we had um, an understanding of each other. And it actually inspired me to do some further writing after our conversation. And and we still like each other and we're still friends. And we maturely had a disagreement and it brought us closer together. And Unfortunately, these platforms are creating an environment where we don't know how to communicate when the other person doesn't agree with us or doesn't like what we're saying. You know, I had a friend the other, a few weeks ago, who thought I came across as being too negative on my podcast. And, you know, we ended up having a quote unquote conversation because our conversation was actually through um, texting. It wasn't, well, no, that's not true. We actually started out talking on the phone, but he was really sort of upset um, about, I don't want to say upset. You know, he he really felt like I'm I'm too negative sometimes. And this is the reality. I am negative sometimes, but I'm also really positive sometimes and I'm really happy most of the time. But I do get down and upset sometimes. Um, I experience all of those things, and that's all normal human behavior. Those are all normal human emotions. But Instagram 
and Facebook to a, to a certain extent. But I, I pick on Instagram because it's imagery, it's um, manipulation. There's no real quote-unquote news or information. It's just photos. Um, Instagram has created an environment now where everything has to be good or you have to be pretty or you have to be liked or you have to be like a perfect little brand. And if you're not, then people don't know how to freaking react. And, you know, my friend Jen and I, you know, she thinks that, you know, my sarcastic negative, sarcastic negative, my sarcastic quotes are negative and vitriolic, but it's, it's challenging because I think they're funny. Um, and some of my friends think they're hysterical. And I think what I'm doing is I don't, I'm making fun of our priorities. Our priorities right now are so fucked up because of the platforms like Instagram. And we, we literally, people are, and I said this to Jen and Jen's like, you, you need to, you know, this, this needs to be something. You know, people are killing themselves now more than ever. That's a fact. There's more depression now than ever. That is a fact. There is more anxiety and addiction now. That is all proven in a fact. And it completely correlates with the usage of these social media platforms. It's because they are messing with our brains, our ability to communicate, to listen, to concentrate, to have confidence, to, to trust. These are all, these are all, um, core emotions that we all learned as that they're at our core um, and they're all going away and I think I still have those emotions and a lot of people in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s can connect with those because we learned all of those core beliefs trust um, communication listening um, compassion. We learned all of those before Instagram, but imagine a culture of people who are, you know, 10, 15, 20 years old now, 25, who all they know is this world of Instagram, of everything being pretty all the time, where you can't argue with somebody without worrying that you're going to offend them, or you can't comment on something on Instagram and not like something because if you do, then you're gonna be a hater and then the person's followers are gonna start attacking you and jumping on you like you're an asshole. It's, it's created a world of fear, uh, toxicity, not knowing what to say or do because everybody's terrified they are going to say or do the wrong thing. One more really quick thing here before I move on. <clears throat> and this goes back to, you know, my book. And um, it's funny, I posted an Instagram post a couple weeks ago when I finally finished, you know, my, my draft. That, and, and I'm sending it off to some friends and getting feedback. And I was really proud of myself for obviously getting this book done. I was proud of myself for... Um, not being distracted, staying focused. And, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm generally really, when I, as I've always been pretty, um, <clears throat> I've been well, pretty good at staying focused on my records. When I make records, this book, getting better at DJing, uh, researching for my podcast, I'm really good at 
turning off the distractions and focusing on on the task at hand. So I when I finished the book, I was on the fence as to whether I should post something on Instagram about it. So because you know the 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 accomplishment of of writing fifty now it's actually fifty two thousand words is so huge. And to try and encapsulate that feeling of of emotion and being proud in an Instagram post seems so silly. Um, Because nobody's going to really understand. I mean, some people, um, that's not fair to say. People understand. My point is, is that few people will understand the accomplishment it takes to write a book. Um, And it was a huge accomplishment to record three records and I'm planning on doing another one and become a good DJ and become a yoga teacher and go through the teacher training and become better at that. I mean, these things are all huge accomplishments, but there's something unique about sitting down at a computer by yourself and completing a book. And now I can call myself an author. I just, it's sort of surreal. Um, but I had this idea was really passionate about it, and I did it. And I, it's so my point is back to two things regarding Instagram, and then what I'm what I'm trying to say. So I started following this podcast called the Write Along, <clears throat> W R I T E. And one of the hosts tweeted this, and I may have even said this before, but it will it will connect to my Instagram thought. The most important thing in writing is to finish. A finished thing can be fixed, it can be published, it can be made into a movie. An an unfinished thing is just a dream, and dreams fade if you don't hold on tight enough, so just finish the damn thing. So, you know, I read that about three, four months ago, and it was really sort of this, it really was a slap to the face, just get the damn book done. And it really inspired me to, to finish. And so, and I read that tweet on Twitter. So, you know, in that regards, Twitter was actually really helpful and inspiring, but Twitter also in its own way can be, you know, a a, a war zone of negativity. Um, But so I was not sure what I should, should I post something? Should I not post something about finishing my book? And then I realized, you know something? It's too big of an accomplishment not to post something. And maybe there's a way to write um, the post where I'm not going to sound like a narcissist. I'm not going to be self-absorbed. I'm not going to be about, oh, look at me. I, I'm not trying to show off. Um, but maybe I'm actually going to inspire people that, hey, if you can turn off your phone, if you have a passion, if there's something you have to say or want to accomplish, um, it's possible. And so I'm going to read to you um, what I wrote. 50,000 words and it all happened this last year. One year of commitment and discipline and turning off my phone allowed me the space inside my head to create a vision and get something done that I believe in, a freaking book. So many days and nights of inspiration, but also total discouragement, but it's finally over and I feel amazing. What's next is I'm sending it off to a select group of 10 people to get their honest thoughts on what is good and what needs work. Then another round of edits, and it's all about getting it published and finding an agent. Maybe I'll even self-publish, but I'll worry about all that later. In a way, writing this book is also why I started a podcast about our culture and how Instagram and the constant onslaught of distractions 
is potentially ruining the world. It takes more discipline than ever to turn off your phone and all the nonsense so you can actually focus on your craft. Instead of creating, our culture is turning into a bunch of self-obsessed cell phone Instagram junkies. It may seem harmless, but imagine how many people right now are just mindlessly scrolling away instead of talking or creating. This last year, I did the unbelievable and wrote a freaking 50,000 word book. Next year, I hope to write another one, write new music, and expand on the podcast. I had no idea what photo to post that represents the sheer joy I feel that comes from writing a book. Instagram has been this abyss I haven't much wanted to be a part of the last year, but ironically, I'm sure I'll use it more as my writing and my podcast expands. I'll probably, etc., etc. Good artists make us talk and think and inspire us, and they remind us of what's truly important. The goal is less screen time and more time for art, music, creativity, conversations, and more face-to-face time. So that's ultimately what I wrote. I just felt like it was too big of a deal to not write something and acknowledge completing a book. And maybe, I mean, I do believe artists have a more difficult time now than ever to focus and to complete their craft and also feel confident that their work is worth being seen or heard. Because again, Instagram makes everything seem perfect and good. And it can be overwhelming for um, the recluses, the introverts that that are scared to compete or don't think their voice um, is worth being heard. So I thought, you know, spending a year on a book and, and completing this project and seeing what's next, I think anything is possible creative, creatively if you turn off all the noise going on. All right, so last segment for today and um, Eric Sharp the, the, uh, a DJ who I saw a week or two ago out here at Sound Nightclub um, he was just absolutely incredible he's gonna, he's gonna be coming on the show this this next week so I'm really stoked to have him on but um, I just want to talk about one more thing and play a clip one of my friends Tim um, who he's a friend but he's also one of my students at my yoga studio where I teach he I I'm brand new to podcasts. Obviously, I'm brand new to recording them, but I never listen to them. And a lot of the reason for that is because as a singer and a musician, I always spent my time in my car listening to music all the time. Um, and then as a as a yoga teacher and a DJ, I'm, now I'm constantly looking for new music, which, which, which isn't always particularly... Um, very safe as you're as you're driving. No, I'm kidding. I, it's not. I'm just. I'm constantly looking for new music to play, and and uh, whether it's for yoga class or for a, a DJ set at night. So I'm. It really hasn't been until the last few months that I've actually started listening to podcasts. So my friend Tim, and one of my students, suggested that I listen to Recode Decode uh, by Kara Swisher, and I don't know too much about her. But I, it's a podcast about, a lot of it is about technology. And she has these amazing interviews with um, Silicon Valley um, executives, CEOs. She's obviously a big deal. I think she originally came from Washington, but I, I need to do some more research on her. But um, 
So she has this interview that I listened to with um, Franklin Foyer, and he wrote a book called World Without Mind. And the interview's fascinating. I haven't read the book yet. I, I ordered it this week, so I'm going to be reading it soon. But basically what they're talking about, and I'm going to play a clip, is, and I talk about this a lot in my yoga class when I teach, we are not capable of thinking for ourselves anymore. And that's a fact. And so what I talked about earlier about um, Instagram and, and calling out and ganging, ganging up on people, because that's what goes on on Instagram and social media. Uh, people, some in this weird, sick way, love it when somebody disagrees with somebody. And I think it's because Instagram is Facebook have trained our brains to only like something. That like feature, by the way, on Facebook and Instagram has ruined our culture. The, the, and the, but they're so good. It seems so simple to just like it. And obviously, when people get a like, they, they love it. But there is so much more going on in our brains emotionally than a like. So if somebody dislikes something, they can't say anything. And if you do, you're a hater. And if you do say something, then other people have the, poten- have the chance to jump on the bandwagon and start being super negative. And so it's basically this huge group of people being negative and complaining and jumping on board. And my point with this and why I'm bringing up this podcast and I'm going to play a clip for you is we're not thinking for ourselves anymore. We're jumping on board because it's fun to argue or because we don't know how to argue or we can't not like something anymore that when somebody actually does that, we all get excited and want to be a part of the not liking party. And and it's so unhealthy. And that's why I brought up originally the conversation I had with Jen on the phone where we were disagreeing and not agreeing with each other. We weren't yelling at each other. We weren't throwing things. It wasn't um, uh, a negative conversation. And and that's the thing. Um, if you don't like something, it's okay. It, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're negative all the time. I mean, a human being occasionally is going to be negative. They're going to be positive. They're going to be upset. They're going to be sad. They're going to be angry. They are going to feel all of these things because they're a human. We feel all of those things. And that's the point. You need to be aware of all of these emotions that you have. But because of these platforms, because of how they're made, and because how we're handling them, we don't know how to tune in to these other parts of our mind because we're so worried that people are going to think that we're weird or we're insane or there's something wrong with us, but it is normal to feel all of these types of emotions. So Facebook, Google, Instagram, they are not allowing us to think for ourselves anymore or truly feel. And I'm really suggesting Recode Decode by Kara Swisher. And I'm going to play a clip from this uh, interview really quick. Um, again, the author of the book is Frankie Foyer, F-O-E-R, and the book is called World Without Mind. So I'm going to play, uh, one of my cats just walked in, but I'm going to play a clip and then obviously I'll talk about it and, um, and then we'll go from there. 
at a certain point. Right, absolutely. So when you're saying world without mind, so you, you had these two experiences, one with at the, in the New Republic, one uh, with Hachette and Amazon. Why world without mind? So you decide you're going to write a book about this very early on. I mean, I think most people were in the tech is fantastic zone. Yeah. Um, uh, when you were writing this, yeah, so it definitely felt like a quixotic adventure right. at first. Um, so I was, I was thinking about a couple things. One is, I also like, I wasn't as articulate and precise as somebody like Tristan Harris mm-hmm. in terms of talking about contempl- about That's attention, the addiction, right? Yeah, attention. attention. But yeah. I could see that these devices were the enemy of contemplation, mm-hmm. and that obviously, I, I wasn't the first one to to make this point. Right. Lots of people were making this point that. That the attention that they were constructing an attention economy. Yes, but that to the me slot machine of attention. Is yeah, what I call it. And and that that to me was one crucial piece of it, mm-hmm. which was that they were they were actually preventing us from thinking. Well, they're addictive, and they were underscoring their addiction by creating the way the way they were doing it. But but when your when your thought processes are constantly being manipulated by invisible forces, which is what what happens, where mm-hmm. you know Facebook and Google are constantly organizing things in ways in which mm-hmm. we're not really cognizant and we're not even taught to be cognizant and right. most people aren't and 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 done in a way in which they're leveraging our data. I mean our data is this cartography of the inside of our psyche mm-hmm. and they know our weaknesses and they know the things that give us pleasure and the things that cause us anxiety and anger and they use that information in order to keep us addicted. And so that makes the companies the enemy of independent thought. Right. So you have that, the addiction part. You have the mark. They are getting in the way of us thinking independently. And these, because first of all, they're tricking us and manipulating us, and they know exactly what um, creates certain reactions and posts. And then because what's happened with our culture now, um, where we're incapable of disagreeing or saying, a differing opinion because we're worried somebody's going to yell at us or call us a hater. And and now we're also, because of these platforms, we get really excited when we see people arguing with each other online. And that, that's also, I mean, I guess we've always had those sort of sick tendencies. I mean, people were always obsessed with car chases in LA and um, people are obsessed with watching violence in film. But now Instagram has just made it all worse. And I think the reason why I started the podcast, and I'll close here, is because, you know, I wrote this book and people started to make me feel like, you know, you need to expand upon that and, and share, have a platform where you can share your views and what you do to stay creative, what you do to stay focused, what you do to stay mindful and think for yourself. And I think... I think I can inspire people to realize that we're being manipulated quite regularly. Um, my dad told me this story about, I don't know too much of it, but I saw him this past week in, uh, during the holidays, but he was reacting to this guy walking across the border illegally with a flag of his own country and I think Fox News was reporting the story and basically saying that he was holding the flag because he was showing off or um, rubbing it in America's faces. And we don't know what was we don't know what was going on with that man and the flag and 
all we know is what Fox or whatever news source was telling us. We don't have the facts. We don't know what's really going on. Um, and obviously that can seem negative or that can seem a bit overwhelming to digest. But the point is, is that I think now more than ever, you know, instead of just watching Fox, watch CNN. And if you only watch CNN, watch Fox. If you only read the New York Times, um, find a more conservative newspaper. Um, if you're about to use Instagram, know that what you're getting into could potentially make you feel like shit because people are just trying to show off or show off their perfect lives. Uh, if you're entering into the Facebook world, be careful. I think I think life's amazing right now, but I just think you need to be more cautious and more cognizant of what's going on and know that your brain is easily affected by all of this information. And I think it's just important now. It requires more work now than ever to be more discerning of what you're absorbing, what you're reading, who you're paying attention to. And it's an exciting time. Technology has made our life easier in the sense of easy access, easy communication. But I think we just need to be more cautious and more aware of what we're consuming and what we're listening to. And um, I mean, nobody would imagine that these platforms would have a negative impact. And even if they are aware of it, even if the CEOs of, of Facebook and Amazon and Instagram are aware of it, they're not going to do anything about it because there's too much money involved. So it's up to you to surround yourself with people that inspire you, that make you feel creative, that create conversations, um, or else you're going to go down that rabbit hole of Instagram and social media, and you're ultimately not going to feel particularly good about yourself. So um, I'll end it there. Um, quick quick um, podcast this week, relatively quick compared to some of my longer interviews, but I just felt inspired to talk a little bit about what's going on as the year, as the end of the year approaches, as I finish my book and as some exciting interviews are coming up um, over the next six to eight weeks or so for the podcast. So um, this podcast will probably be published the um, first or second day of the, of the year. So happy new year, happy 2019. And if you are a creator, if you are an artist, um, if, you, if there's a new cooking class or if you're a chef or something new that you want to accomplish, consider this podcast, consider this moment right now as a reminder to spend less time consuming, more time creating. I think that is the goal, um, or at least that should be one of the goals. Um, thanks again so much for listening over the last few months as I created the podcast, and thanks so much for your kind words. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Eddie Cohn. Um, uh, anything you want to say, you can reach me on through Instagram um, or Twitter at Eddie Cohn as well. And uh, please write a review or spread the word for the podcast. And uh, as always, thanks so much for taking the time to listen.